back in everyone to a very exciting whisper in the wings from stage whisper we are so excited to welcome back our guest today joining us we have the director of the fire this time festival caesar williams who is here to talk to us about the festival which is playing january 18th through the 28th at the wild project this year you can get your tickets and more information by visiting firethistimefestival.com and frigid.nyc. We absolutely loved this festival last year. We were so happy we got put onto it, and we are so excited to attend it again this year. So to tell us more about it and get us all very pumped up about it, let us welcome on our guest, Caesar. Welcome back to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Oh, thank you, Andrew. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited about the festival this year, and I'm so happy to be sharing it with you and your audience. And thank you again for your support last year. The festival last year was a huge success, and I think a big, a big, big part of that was the support that we received from you and your audiences. Oh, thank you so much for those kind words. The festival was incredible. I got a catch, I believe it was the 10-minute plays, mm-hmm. and uh, you were not kidding because I wanted more. I'm sitting there and I was like, no, I want more of that one. But no, I want more of that one. The The level of talent at this festival is incredible. So it got me even more excited about this show. I literally left and I was like, all right, Christmas, hurry up and come. Not because I care so much <laughs> about Christmas, but more I was like, I can't wait for this festival. So maybe for some of our newer listeners or those who maybe missed our conversation last time, can you tell us a little bit about what the Fire This Time Festival is definitely definitely so the fire this time festival i'll give you a brief history back in 2009 on a cold wintry day no i'm making that up i don't know what the weather was but kelly and nicole gerard our founder and executive director was sitting down with some friends some fellow playwrights and actors and other artists talking about the landscape for black playwrights in new york city at the time and the feeling at that time was you had to write a certain type of play to get produced as a Black playwright. Think August Wilson, think Lynn Nottage, Susan Laurie, that 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 ilk. And so Kelly wanted to create a space where Black playwrights could play, where they could feel free to express their artistry in the way that felt authentic to them. And so she created, she uh, teamed up with Eris Ziv, the managing director from Frigid NYC, or Frigid New York, and they put together together this concept for a 10-minute play program, a 10-minute play festival. And that was year one back in 2009. And now here we are at season 15. And not that much has changed. We still have the same belief system that we don't have themes. When we uh, we ask for submissions of plays, we just want them to be 10 pages. And we allow the writers to put up whatever they want. And what we try to do, the only thing that we've become a little bit more laser-focused on is we, we, we wish to be a space that amplifies the career pipeline of writers of the African diaspora. That's our goal. So we're very fortunate. A lot of industry people, a lot of you know artistic directors, agents, managers, literary agents come to the festival because so many of our alum have had such great success. And the festival is always such a good time. And it's just building and building and building and building. So we do that part. That's the flagship program. That's the 10-minute play program. And then we'll have a panel. This year, our panel is going to be discussing how to make a living as a writer, as a dramatic writer, the real truths of, of doing that in today's world. And we usually have some full, 
full-length readings during the festival as well. This year, I don't believe we're doing any full-length readings of the festival. We, we may do a screening. PBS All Arts taped season 14 last season, and that's going to air, or that's released on January 9th. So I believe on January 21st, we're going to do a little fundraising event, a little screening at the theater of last season's festival. Oh, that's so cool. How exciting. Very exciting. Yeah, I love that. So with this year, with all these new things that it sounds like, I mean, a screening and whatnot, what all can audiences expect from the festival and their experience? And I also want to mention this year, it is not at the Crane. It is at the Wild Project. Yes. So that'll be the major change. After 14 seasons at the Crane, we decide to move on mainly just to have a better space for our community, a, a space that's a little bit more inclusive, accessible. The Crane was the type of space, very old building, the New York building, where if you were not in tip-top shape, if your knees were hurting, you could not get in without a struggle. It was just a very difficult space, and it felt a little hypocritical to claim that we are this space that wants to welcome and, and expand community, and yet if you had any accessibility issues, you could not come see the work. And also we're not doing streaming this year either. So that option is off the table because we're working with equity. And so moving was a good idea. Also the bathrooms will be nicer. The seats will be more comfortable. And it's a new community for us to introduce ourselves to. It's a, it's on 3rd Street, 195 East 3rd Street between avenues A and B. So a little bit further east than the Crane. And so, so people can expect a new nice space. Also, you'll see six plays by six incredible playwrights, a lot of laughter. It'll be a, a party. The festival is always a party, so expect to have a good time in that way. And we're also adding an, an additional component of a musical guest. And this year, the musical guest is a new artist named Nyla Carey. And so it's kind of our dream to kind of, it's, it's a little bit of my Saturday Night Live fantasy, you know, where you have the, the skits or the plays or whatever they call it. And then, you know, like, and now, Introducing or now Nyla Carey or now Beyonce or now Stevie Wonder, who, whomever it is. So that will be nice. That'll add an, another texture to the evening, which should be fun. And the plays are amazing. The actors are amazing. The cast, uh, we haven't announced the cast yet, but they are incredible. I feel so honored to be directing this incredible cast and working with this crew. So that's what you will expect. A good time. Come check it out. Yes, that sounds incredible. I'm excited. Musical guests and everything. Musical guests. Come on. So kind of snowballing off of that, what has it been like developing this year's festival? Uh, it's been fun. It's been a little scary because of the new space, you know, not knowing how much backspace, backstage area there'll be, you know, what it'll be like to work with the people of the Wild Project. They've been wonderful. They've been a joy to work with. I'm the artistic director of the festival and I'm directing. So I've been wearing a lot of different hats. So, but it's going pretty smoothly. We did get a, a head start this this season. So we picked the plays in a relatively, uh, in a good amount of time and pulled together the team, you know, the design team, and then got to casting and just finished casting a few weeks ago. So it's, I, I want to say it's been, it's been easy. It's been easy. It's been a lot, but it's been easy. Everyone is so lovely. You know, I, I, like I said, I was, we're going to be in a different area. So I'm like, oh, people, I, I don't want people to accidentally go to the crane. 
you know, and, you know, I just wanted to work for everybody, but everyone, everyone I've spoken to about us moving to the wild project has been super excited, you know, so the shows usually start at seven. We're going to start at seven 30, give people a little extra time to get over there. But yeah, it's, it's been easy. It's been a joy. I work with the best producing team in New York with Kelly, AJ, Julian, da Danielle. They're the best. We have a number of interns we're working with this, this season. I have some of our design team are my former students from Purchase. So getting a chance to give them opportunity has been wonderful. It's, it's just been a joy. I, I've, I've enjoyed every single moment of it. Oh, that's so wonderful. I can't wait. Is there a particular message or thought you're hoping the audiences take away from this year's shows? That was real. That is an excellent question. And I've been thinking a lot about this. So this, I hope this answers your question. I was a little surprised that this season, you know, we get a, we get a whole bunch of submissions and usually a, a theme emerges. Like there's just something in the water, but this season, the place were all over the place. And so I was like, Oh no, there's no real theme that emerged. And what am I going to, you know, what am I going to kind of, you know, anchor the festival in? And then I was talking to AJ Muhammad, one of my fellow producers and literary managers. And he mentioned, uh, oh, these are, we have a bunch of relationship plays this, this season. And I was like, oh yeah, they are all relationship plays. They're family dramas, a lot of family dramas. And then I was speaking to one of our playwrights and they expressed that they were surprised that their play was selected because they had been to the festival and the plays in the festival seemed to always be about big issues, you know, it's big issues, you know, police brutality, homophobia, gentrification, you know, these, these giant issues. And I had never really thought about the festival that way. So first I had to kind of process that. But then as we were talking about their play, we realized their play was also about a big issue, but just up close. So all the plays are dealing with big issues, but it's almost like our activism, activism in our face. Like it's one thing to talk about, oh, I wanna, I wanna protest about these people 5,000 miles away. But what about the person who lives in my home? You know, what about my child or my father or my partner? or uh, my friend, who my best friend. And so the plays are all dealing with these issues, but in, a, in intimate relations. And so what I hope is that the festival inspires each of us to look at our own lives and kind of just, instead of thinking big picture, look at the person right next to us. How can we be more kind and compassionate and understanding to the person right there? Like, I'm, I'm sure, you know, I'm not alone. I'm very nice to all these people in the world, but I, my patience with my family is probably the lowest that, that it is with anyone, you know, and how can we get better in that way? And so that's what I'm hoping people walk away with. I hope we're all a little bit kinder, a little bit more gentle with those we love. That is wonderful. Finally, for this first part, I would love to know, who do you hope have access to the Fire This Time Festival? Yeah, I always love this question. I think like all artists, I want everybody, everybody can have access. You know, I want everybody 
that they come. But I guess what I would say specifically is I hope our our existing community comes, people, folks like yourself, uh, folks like you who have been to the festival before. I hope everyone comes back to it. But I think this is an opportunity. We are in a new community. We are in Alphabet City. I don't know if they still call it that. They might have a fancy name for it. But when I was younger, we called it Alphabet City. We are in Alphabet City. So this is a whole new community, all new businesses, all new residents. I hope we can introduce ourselves to this community and those folks can come out because I, I had I did a play last season. No, when was it? Back in March or April, I did a play in, on Hilton Head Island in South Carolina called Mitchellville. And it was a historical piece or a semi-historical piece written by the brilliant Orange Squire. And Mitchellville is this community on Hilton Head Island that was the the first town of freed Black people in the country. And so the people on Hilton Head Island who live on Hilton Head Island know about Mitchellville. No one else really knows about Mitchellville. <laughs> but this island, this community knows about Mitchellville. And Lean Ensemble Theater, who produced it, and Orange Squire and their brilliance, called the play Mitchellville. So the people knew that it was about them and about where they live and about the issues that they were dealing with or have dealt with. And we were sold out every night. I mean, we sold out before we opened. And so I, I, I am this big believer that one of the things that theater has to get back to or do a better job of is representing the communities in which they exist. That's what makes theater different than a movie or a television show. It's a place. It has a location, a physical space. And it's and it's it, you can look at it on your Google Maps or your Apple Maps. You can go to it. And if you live in a neighborhood, the building is right there. And so I would like to really have people in that community on the Lower East Side think that the festival is just a part of their community. It's just we're a neighbor. up in the second part we always like to let our listeners get to know our guests a little bit more of course we've had you here before so i want to actually kick things off with asking you how did you get into the performing arts oh that's a great question so so the performing arts i music first music i guess is my first love so i was a singer i had a gospel group i sang in the quiet church had a gospel group as a kid. And then when I went to college, formed a secular group, you know, like a kind of like a new edition knockoff. I don't know if your audience would know who the heck new edition is, but they were a very popular R&B group back in the 80s and 90s. And I think they're still popular now. Maybe just me. So music, I first started doing that. I always loved to sing. Always loved music. Michael Jackson, Elvis, folks like that. Then when I went to college, got into acting, started acting more student films. I did not major in acting in college. I was actually a business major, but I was surrounded by artists. And so just kind of caught the acting bug there. Graduated, joined a theater company called New Perspectives Theater Company. Just started doing theater, blah, blah, boom. Started doing, you know, commercials and TV. Really was acting a lot. Kind of wasn't doing the music as much. Was doing, maybe when I first started acting, was doing musicals. But then after a while, stopped doing musicals. Was doing non-musicals from that point on. 
And then my wife, Cynthia Grace Robinson, is a playwright. As her playwriting career was taking off, I started directing her readings. And then folks saw me directing Cynthia's readings, and they asked me to direct their readings. And then folks saw me directing all these readings. They started asking me to direct full productions. And one thing led to another. And now I, I guess I do the acting, the voiceover work, the directing, and now at the Fire Time Festival, the producing. So it's kind of a, I guess, I, I feel like it's a straightforward story. I mean, I've always loved theater. I think I told this story last time of my seeing West Side Story and just being so moved, moved to like a manic frenzy by the story and just kind of recognizing the power of theater, the power of live performance. And um, I just, I have just never forgotten that. I love that. I do remember the West Side Story story. Because we both, we're totally going back and forth about our love for it. So I love that answer, though. That's a wonderful journey into the arts. Ah, thank you. Now, I'm curious to know, I know you've been busy developing the festival, getting it ready. We are just about a month away. But have you seen any great theater lately that you might be able to recommend to our listeners? So when you asked me this question last time, I had all these plays to recommend. But this, yeah, I, I don't. But that's for a good reason. I've seen a lot of theater. I teach acting at Purchase and I've directed and I directed Susan Laurie's play Fucking A at Purchase and directed the they have a new plays now festival at Purchase. So I've seen a lot of plays that the students have done done there. I've seen Ghent, I've seen Macanal, I've seen Socrates. I uh, just seen a bunch of stuff up there, but that's no longer running because the semester is ending. I did see I what I'm doing now is I'm seeing plays as they're closing. But I would recommend folks go see Pearly Victorious on Broadway. I would recommend people. Nope, that'll be closed. Again, I just see things last second. I'm trying to think what will be running. Oh, I did. Okay. I have a, this is a dirty little secret. So last time I spoke about how much I loved Hamilton, right? It's one of my favorite musicals of all time. In all honesty, I had only seen it the, the Disney Plus version. Like I had not gone to the theater, but a friend of mine, Kara Branch, costume designer, who will be doing the costume design for this year's festival, worked on it and was able to get me tickets to see Hamilton finally live. So I took my daughter and the two of us went to see Hamilton and it did not disappoint. So go see Hamilton, go see Wicked, go see Spamalot. I already mentioned Pearly Victorious. I think Covenant will be closed by York Walker, Fire Time alum. Jaja's African hair braiding uh, by another alum just closed. So yeah, so I'm not super helpful with that. But yeah, just go see theater. Go see Off-Broadway Theater, please. This is my Off-Broadway Independent Theater push. That is the incubation center. The hub for all these plays that we all know and love later on, they began in small theaters and in small festivals like 48 Hours, Harlem Nine, National Black Theater Festival, Frigid Fest, The Fire's Time. If you can support theater, then if you think of theater as a funnel and you think of independent and off-off-Broadway theater as the top of the funnel, the wider you can make that funnel, the more plays that get into the funnel, the better the quality will be at the bottom of the funnel when you get to, you know, some of the big regional theaters and nice the, the nice off-Broadway spaces in Broadway, the touring companies. So, Please support the gestation of these plays or these artists. Otherwise, is if it's restrictive, 
and the money isn't there and the support isn't there, we may not feel it now, but we will we we will feel it down the line. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we need both to exist for our theater to remain healthy. We need both Broadway and the off and off of Broadway community to exist. We need our sandbox. We need yes. to develop our work, you know? So that's a wonderful list you've given us. I love that. Some wonderful names that I can personally vouch for that are great. Jaja's was amazing. The hook at the end. Yes. Oh, incredible suggestions. And Harry. there's a whirlwind of stuff coming in the early part of, starting with the early part of next year, of course, with the fire this time festival yeah. and then onward you know exactly i think soul train is coming i don't know if this is coming to new york next year but angelica sheree has a new play with ross baum a musical that hopefully will get to new york in the near future yes yeah, so just there's just a lot of wonderful plays especially by by this time alums coming coming down the pipeline yeah, and, uh, yeah so I'm, I'm super excited about that well i want to ask my favorite question again to you because i'd love to just keep Pulling them out, but what what's another of your favorite theater memories? I hadn't thought about this. Okay, so last at last year's festival, I guess it was a a, a particularly warm evening in January, and the show was sold out, and the show was fun, and it was just a stone gas. And part of part of being at the Crane, another reason why we we're excited about the Wall Project, one of the challenges of the Crane is another show was happening right after ours. So you couldn't hang out in the space. Well, this year, people will be able to hang out in the space, again, another opportunity to establish community and relationships, which remind me, that's how you get in the festival. Come to the festival, talk to people who are in the room, and someone will nominate you for the festival. A lot of people wonder, how do you get your work in the festival? Or how do you end up acting in the festival? Come to the festival is the best way. But so last year, one night, everybody just poured out on the East 4th Street, where the crane is located. And it became like a block party. Like people just hung out there for like an hour, just talking. People had brought their kids to see the show. So you had, you know, kids there, friends, family, and it just was so much fun. And so I remember Kelly, Nicole, Gerard, and I just kind of stood at the top of the steps in front of the theater and just looked out over this sea of people. Like, I mean, the crane only fit maybe 99, but it felt like it was hundreds of people out there just all communing and sharing time and space together. And it was lovely. So that, that to me, really inspirational and maybe subconsciously is why we selected the plays that we did because they're about family and community. And maybe it's why we ended up picking the Wild Project so that we'd have a greater opportunity to, to share time and space with, with the audience. So yeah, that was a great moment. That was last year. So that was dope. I love that. That is a fabulous memory. And hopefully it can be sort of recreated this year. In yes. Case, but that is wonderful. That is a testament to the community that is theater right there. That is incredible. Exactly. And at the Wild Project, it will because people just hang out in the theater, hang out in the lobby. You know, you don't have to run out. No one's coming at nine o'clock. The show would end at like 830. We'd have to be out by nine. That's not happening. So it, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. And again, I just want to, this it's become clear to me over the past year that how to get in the festival seems very magical and mystical, like it's such a mystery. And so I was talking to the playwrights from this year, and most of them got in the same way. They came to the festival or they supported someone who's associated with the festival. And then that person nominated because it is a nomination process to get into the festival. So, yeah, please come check it out. 
I will be there almost every night this season. So come up and introduce yourself to me. I'll do the curtain speech so you'll know what I look like. And I just look forward to meeting new people. Yes. Well, as we wind down, I'm just curious to know, are there any other projects or productions that you or the Fire This Time Festival have coming on the pipeline that we might be able to plug? Yeah, so our founder and executive director, Kelly Gerard's place, The Stretch of Montpelier, uh, Montpelier is going to probably have another development production or production later this year. So keep your eye out on that if you can. I am working on a new play. I'm working on a few new plays. One by my wife, Cynthia Grace Robinson, called The Black Pearl, which we're going to do a workshop of down at Coastal Carolina University, immediately immediately following the festival. Like, I will not be at closing night of the festival because we start we're flying down to South, South Carolina to work on that. There's a, a one-person show, a solo show I directed at the Apollo last year that we're hoping to remount again this year by Lisa Strum called Dream Girl. That's an association with New Black Fest. Another wonderful organization that I hope people support. Yeah, and then, you know, just, I mean, this seems crazy, but I mean, there's so many uh, so many of our alum are, are doing great things. Check out The Color Purple. That was written by one of our alum. What else is there? I said Soul Train is coming out soon. We have a partnership with Center Theater Group in Los Angeles. We have six playwrights who are commissioned. Those plays will be finished early next year. And so please come out and support that. Oh, Marcus Gardley wrote Color Purple. I was trying to remember. So check out that movie comes out on Christmas Day. Just know, just a, a lot of a lot of good stuff. Please support all artists. Please, you know, just love, love on everyone. Love on every love on these superheroes who have the courage to put themselves out there. And that's it. Yeah. So in New York, I think you I'll have the Dream Girl project. And I'll have the Cynthia Grace Robinson's play, The Black Pearl. Those are the two next things I'll be working on. That sounds so exciting. Oh, my gosh. We'll have to stay tuned to all that. And that leads to my final question, which is if our listeners want more information about the Fire This Time Festival or about you, maybe they'd like to reach out to you or maybe they'd like to support the festival itself. How can they do so? And so the best way to reach out to me is on the gram at Caesar Williams. If you go there, there's a link in my bio to the Fire This Time, firethistimefestival.com, which is the website where you can get information. Also, there's a, a link to frigid.nyc, which is another, uh, you can go to the event page and get information about the festival. Uh, you can go to my, my website, caesarwilliams.com, C-E-Z-A-R, williams.com. And yeah, you can support, please, Go to our website, firethistimefestival.com, and click the donate link. We're trying to raise $15,000 for our 15th season. I don't know if many people know, but a few years ago, we switched from being a showcase. It, this is theater terminology, but we're now union. It's now a union production, which is wonderful because we can pay our artists better, but it's super expensive. You know, pension and health and all that other stuff has tripled the cost of doing the festival. In addition, PBS All Arts is taping this year's festival on January 20th. And so that's also expensive. PBS All Arts picks up most of the costs, but there still are some costs that we incur. And so if you can support the festival financially, that's great. If you can come see the festival, that's great. Whatever you can do, we would appreciate. You know, they say no, no, no amount is too small. But if someone wants to give the full $15,000, 
I will name my next child after them. I'm just putting that out there. You know, no pressure. If someone <laughs> wants to give the full 15 grand, feel free. Yeah. <laughs> Done. If I hit the lottery, I'm on it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Well, Caesar, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Thank you so much for sharing this incredible festival with us. I cannot wait to see all of this. This is going to be amazing. So thank you so much. Thank you. My guest today has been the director of the Fire This Time Festival, Caesar Williams. And the festival is happening this year, January 18th through the 28th at the Wild Project. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting firethistimefestival.com and frigid.nyc. You can also follow Caesar on social media at Caesar Williams or check out his website, caesarwilliams.com. And you're going to want to do those because he is up to some incredible work besides the festival. Also, make sure to check out firethistimefestival.com to see all the wonderful tidbits about this year's festival and, and festivals of years past. And if you are in a position to do so, please support this festival. They are working to raise $15,000 for their 15th anniversary to support the incredible artists who helped put on this production. It's an, a huge task, but not an impossible one. So if you are in a position to, please head to their website and donate what you can. But join us January 18th through the 28th at the Wild Project for the Fire This Time Festival. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep talking about the theater in a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. And be sure to check out our brand new website for all things Stage Whisper and theater. You'll be able to find merchandise, tours, tickets, and more. Simply visit stagewhisperpod.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you. <laughs>